The system is not really, um, the system doesn't love us. The system hates us. And the system is designed to actually fight against us. Do you understand? At the same time, like what Francis was teaching last week, um, Francis was talking about, you know, um, when it has to do with um, the scripture, and when you hear um, the Great Tribulation, our mind has been that um, darkness, um, darkness is going to take over, or maybe um, you know, you know, that somehow we are wishing like what the way the way it has been taught over time is that uh, many people are wishing to live here. You know, like children of God wishing to live here and go to heaven, and the people that's going to be here are going to be tormented by the, the Satan, or is going to be tormented by evil spirit. So, as to, you know, ask them to deny their faith, then many will deny, many will deny the faith, and um, if you deny the faith, then they will not write upon you CCCs. But what Francis was trying to let us see is that. Um, we are the one that is, we are the one that is actually a was actually the the emanges of the the sons of God. That the sons of God is actually emerging. The sons of God is actually um, they are manifesting. They are the one that they are the one that um, they are the one that um, they are the cause for the the great tribulation. Do you understand? Eh? They are the cause for the great tribulation, meaning that it was what is causing that great tribulation was actually the expression of the life of God that is in the new creation man. So that that season, you know, upon the earth is that that, that by the working of the spirit, um, which you call the manchild company, some people is beginning to, you know, uh, put pressure put pressure on that life. And as a result, the result effect is that to some people, like you read second I think is it first Corinthians or second Corinthians, when Paul said that to some people um they were um savour of blessing or the savour of salvation. Where to some people they were actually savour of death. So to the world the world the consequence of what is happening is that it's going to be to the world judgment.
You read the book of Revelation. You see the plague. You see those manifestations of the plague or the, um, the expression of when the sea was open. There is a consequence. Now, the consequence in the, to the children of God, to the sons of God, the consequence is that they, will, they enter into more glory. You understand? They advance more in the life of God. They advance more in the, in, the, in, the, in the understanding of God, in the judgment of God. You know, there is a progress. There is advancement. Then, but to the world, there is a judgment. Do you understand? Because of, if you read, study scripture carefully, the Bible talks about there is all a time. There is a time that God has set, you know, as an appointed, appointed time for judgment, to judge wickedness. So anyone that is a custodian of that wickedness is going to be judged. Meaning that, you know, despite you are doing wickedness or expressing wickedness, God will be doing everything to ensure that, you know, bring you to a place whereby you can change your mind. But that's always the expiring date. Do you understand? Just like that life of Satan has an expiring date where it will be judged. And the people that judges that life are actually sons of God. And that's what you call the great tribulation. Do you understand? So, but that's not, um, I'm not, uh, that's not where I'm going um, today. But what I want to bring out from there is that um, I, I say that to say that uh, we need to understand that the system that we are in right now, the system we are in, that which, which we call the system of this world, um, we go to the market with um, from believers. Most of the things that are in schools, either in businesses, um, you know, most of the things that we, that most of the things that we do, um, they equally do. Do you understand? I mean that in the same system with them, but according to the scripture, um, um, John said that though we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So if you don't know your civilization, if you don't know where you are coming from, and if you don't know who you are, definitely the world is going to tell you who you are not. This is very, very, very key, very, very profound. The world is going to tell you who you are not, and that is the truth. Um, because, like I said, um, um, we interact with this world every day, we interact with this world and um, in activities in this world, and you know, um, because of that. Um, um, most times there is that tendency, you know, uh, when it has to do with the children of God. So, because of that interaction and because of that, um, you know, interaction on daily basis, there is that tendency for them to forget who they are. Do you understand? The tendency is there for them to forget who they are. Do you understand? And, um, you know, as a result, we cannot manifest the life of God and we cannot manifest the civilization of God. You know, starting from our own lives, you know, we can't manifest the life of God, and we can't manifest the civilization of God. Do you understand? Now, I say that to say something. I've seen believers, um, um, the way we take, I don't really think that the way we take spiritual things, our value for spiritual things is not really, really good. Our value for spiritual things is not really, really good. And um, we don't 
understand the consequence of those things. We don't understand the consequence of those things because the consequence of those things is that there is no way we can live the life of God. The life we have been called to live is not the life of this world. Meaning that there is no any system here. There is no any system here. There is nothing that man exalts here as what they call life that God really called the life of a new creation. Do you understand? As a matter of fact, if you read the book of John, what book would John call it? First John called it wickedness. Say the whole world is lying in wickedness. And uh, the subject of wickedness, again, uh, if you check the scripture, is not like the way we really think wickedness to be. Now, there is, there is an understand, general understanding of what wicked, wickedness is, is all about, which is, is part of it. But what the Bible really talks about, wickedness in the New Testament, is not, we, we don't fully understand that word as wickedness. Do you understand? Now, what we understand as wickedness, maybe someone that kills, do you understand? Ritual is someone that kills or maybe poisons someone or does evil, you know, to someone or to his neighbor. Do you understand? That's what generally what people understand by wickedness. But um, in the light of the New Testament, what God really called wickedness is actually anything that is not of faith. Anything that doesn't promote the life of God is wickedness. Because anything that doesn't promote the life of God, the intention of that thing is to murder the life of God, is to hinder the life of God. Praise God. Are you getting that? So anything that doesn't promote the life of God, the essence of, the essence of um, 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 the, the, um, 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 something is behind it. Do you understand? The enemy is behind it. And the intention of the enemy is to ensure, the, the intention of the enemy is to ensure that the life of God in men, do you understand, doesn't prosper. And that's why if you check the concept of prosperity in the New Testament also, he said that I wish above all things, told John, I wish above all things that thou prosper even as thy soul prospereth. So, I say that to say that um, our response and our attitude when it has to do with the things of God, has to change. Has to change. Are you getting what I'm saying? Our response and our attitude when it has to do with the things of God has to change. Has to change. Um... If, if you see the way God designed the earth, it's like it's like um, it's like what have happened over time is like you know just like this setting you find here now. This setting is for ministry, you know, where people will come to when. We set of people we come together to hear the word of God, to pray, to fellowship together, to share things that has to do with God, things that has to do with scriptures. Your second point. That is what this structure is meant for. That's what this setting is meant for. Now, someone, someone, someone else can come here and look at this. This is very good. This is good for business. We can use it for business, and it will turn it 
to business. Like, remember what Jesus said, you know, that's what really happened in the temple. Because in the temple, what happened is that, you know, most of those um, animals they used for sacrifice, they were, and, you know, they were, they were now began to use it for trading. They were using, making it for business, making it for, you know, they were, they were doing business in the house of God. Do you understand? They turned the place, the place of uh, that, the, the, the house of God supposed to be a place where they, they sac offer sacrifice, offer, offer sacrifice. Do you understand? But they now began, they now began to turn it to a place of business. Do you understand? So um, Jesus now said that my, the house of God, this shall be called the house of prayer. It's not the house of business. Do you understand? So that's what this Satan have actually done um, in this world. So what Satan have done over time is that he have brought other, other kind of true man's ideology, true man desire, true man um, in the quest of, you know, in a, in a, in a quest of, um, you know, want to live a better life or want to have a good things of life, you know, the other alternative of life. That's what sin is all about. Do you understand? So the earth that God have designed because the, the essence of earth is that any God look at the earth, if you see the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation talks about that, you know, when those um, angels cry, 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 holy, the, the response you see from them is that the earth is full of your glory and everything is created for what? For pleasure. So, so the earth, the, the moon, the star, the waters, the, the air, everything is supposed to be giving God pleasure. Meaning that in response, that's, that's supposed to be a feedback God's supposed to be getting from them. That anytime God look at them, anytime God look at creation, you understand that's a kind of a pleasure that he gives to God. Do you understand? Then now, but man is the highest pleasure. Do you understand? Because man is also on the earth. Man is the one that's supposed to give God the highest pleasure because everything that God created came from him. But it's actually man that actually look exactly like God. Do you understand? So God wants in feedback for everything to give him pleasure. That is the intention of God why he created the earth. That is the problem. Meaning that the earth is a place where the business of God needs to be carried out. Like remember Jesus who said that I go, I go about my father's business. I go about my father's business. I go about my father's business. So the earth is a place where um, where where the trading of God, do you understand, the interaction of God, why is it like that? Because everything that God put on the earth, God put them, that is the, that is the beauty of it. God put, the, God put those things as a seed first and foremost, expecting that with process of time, those things will begin to grow, those things will begin to germinate, those things will begin to multiply. That's one thing God told man in Genesis. Well, so let's make man after our image and after likeness. The next thing he told man that man should be fruitful. Man should multiply. Man should be fruitful. Do you understand? So everything that God uh, put on the earth, the intention of God, that God wants to see how those things will multiply, how those things will increase, how those things will bear fruit. Now, so the increase of those things or the fruitfulness of those things are the things that are the things that actually give God pleasure. The human mean that nothing should be stagnant. Nothing should remain, nothing should remain in a particular state or in a particular form. Do you understand? So the place of trading, just like what Jesus, like you know, Jesus gave a parable. 
Some he gave one talent, two talent, and other gave three. What is some of those talents for them to enable to multiply it? So the earth is a place where it's designed. Um, I think um, um, someone said, is it, um, um, it was Francis that was describing that, was talking about that the Garden of Eden is like the Garden of Eden is actually tabernacle. You understand? So um, that is the way God has created it. That is the purpose of God, why God has created it. So whatever business you are seeing that man is carrying out on the earth is never intended by God that that was not the original plan of God. Do you understand? Somebody gave that civilization. Somebody gave that option of life. Do you understand? Somebody gave that option of life. Somebody gave that civilization. And somebody gave that option of life. So I'm saying that to say that um, our the reason for the earth, the purpose the earth is designed, the reason for this earth that we call earth, the purpose is to know God. The beauty of it is that God wants to be glorified in men. God wants to be glorified in men. That is the essence. Meaning that the more you know him, the more you become better. And the more you are far from him, the more danger, or the more the more danger you will, uh, the more, let me use, um, let me, I'm looking for a word to use. The more you know him, the more you are better, and the more we are far from him, the more we are exposing ourselves wrongly, or the more we are going to be victim of darkness. We are going to be victim of this person called our enemies. So why am I saying this? Why I'm saying this? I'm saying this that I find that our attitude about the things of God, when it has to do with the believers, is very, very wrong. It's very, very wrong. There are, there are things we do here, there are things we do here because of the profit that those things gives us in turn. So because of the profit, we do not consider the sacrifice to pay because of the profit. But when it has to do with the way we treat the things of God, there is a kind of excuses that we give. Do you understand? There's a kind of excuse that we give and to all those things are legitimate. Do you understand? So, you know, as a result, the commitment we're supposed to put in the things of God, we are not putting such commitments. And you see, until we see there is something wrong about those things, until we see there is something wrong about those things, we will not see the reason why we should pursue God or we should go after God. Now, I want to lay that foundation before I have, um, you know, other scriptures. That, that I will just read some scriptures then. We'll, we'll see how far God will help us or how God will lead us. Do you understand? Now, like I said, like I said, that we, we need to understand that we have an enemy. Do you understand? Eh? Are, are, you, are, you, are you following me? 
Are you are you are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you following me? I, I want you to understand that we have an enemy. Like I said in the New Testament, what the New Testament call wickedness is not at the same what most time we saw in the Old Testament, what the Old Testament call wickedness. Do you understand? And there is a general weakness, wickedness that everybody you know, understood to be wickedness. So wickedness, like I said, is someone that maybe carry gun that kills or does something evil to his neighbor and all of that. Do you understand? But what God called wickedness is actually a life outside faith is wickedness. Because a life outside faith will not promote the life of God inside of us. It's going to kill it. So we, do, we don't understand that anytime, anytime we are not putting certain commitment, certain pressure and commitment to the life of God, to the word of God, the danger of those things is that we are going to be hiding on inside the more. Do you understand? We are going to be hiding on inside the more. It means that it's going to be difficult for we to do the purpose why we are here on the earth. Because you don't need, there is no any other way you can do it. The soul has been given to carry out that assignment. And you see, the, the, the enemy knew that. And so what the enemy is doing is that keep providing all, all kind of alternative. Then the intention of providing that all kind of alternative is to further kill the soul. Do you understand? It's a further key. So our attitude when it has to do with, um, like in you know, Paul Timothy, he said, the word that was communicated to you. Do you understand? It, the word that was communicated to him. He was telling him because based on what Moses, what Timothy wrote to him. So Timothy was telling him that, you see this thing, you see this thing, the way you should treat it, treat it with, with every passion, with every, um, with every seriousness. Do you understand? He said, treat it with every seriousness, treat it with every... Um, every sign of responsibility. Do you understand? I said, when you now do that, what will happen? He said that your profiting will do what? We appear. Your profiting will appear. Uh, so you can never, most times, sometimes I, I, sometimes I look at both myself and most of the children, I look at sometimes, sometimes we say things that we don't have the lifestyle, we don't have the process. Because you can never, you can, we can arrive at the end. And that's why you see Look at that scripture um, 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 Pastor Francis was reading last week. He talks about the he talks about the seven trumpet. Do you understand? He talks about the seven trumpet. If you check, if you check, if you, if you look at that, you know, of course, you know that those scriptures, those things were written out of the scriptures. And um, where they draw that understanding from is from Genesis. The concept of rest in Genesis, the Sabbath, is actually Genesis. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So there won't be rest without the work. You understand that each day God created something. What God was used to, what was God, what was the thing that God was using to create light? Uh -huh. Each day God was created something until the sixth, sixth day. Then the seventh day God now rests from all his labor. Do you understand? God rests from all his labor. Do, do, do you, are you are you getting that? Eh? God rest from all his labor. That's where that's the one he says seven C. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It speaks of every the, the, on that word you call that thing also what they call the day of the Lord. That seven spirits what they call the day of the Lord. It's also what they call seven spirit also. 
what they call the day of the Lord. Do you understand? Mean that, um, you know, that day is to communicate the mind of God, the light to communicate what God is saying. And that's what Garden of Eden is all about. Do you understand? That's what Garden of Eden is all about. Do you understand? What creates the atmosphere of God where it is only God that reigns there, it's only God that is important there, it's only God that is the focus there, there is no any other business that that place is communicating than God. Do you understand? Do you understand than God? So um, I, I'm saying this because of just a waiting. <laughs> okay, you can make answer. Okay, praise God. I'm I'm saying this. I'm saying this because of um, you are meditating. So I'm saying this because of. Um, I'm saying this because of our response when he has to do the things of God, including me. Our response when he has to do the things of God. Our response has to change. We have to, um, Paul said, in, he was telling the Hebrew church, I think that was Hebrew chapter 2, he said, take heed. Take heed of these things, of this word that was spoken to you, or, or else that word may sleep. Now, you see, you, we, we, you, we, we, can't, we can't walk in the spirit or function in the things of the spirit. The soul needs to be educated. The soul need to be trained. The soul need to be educated. Do you understand what I'm saying? The soul need to be educated. Just like the same way you go to school to inquire the natural education or about a particular profession. If you check Hebrews chapter 4, call it the profession of our faith. The soul need to be educated. The soul cannot practice in ignorance. And you see, you see, the issue of education, I used to say it, it's the same. You don't, think, you, don't, you don't acquire knowledge on surface. I know the truth. You don't acquire knowledge. You don't just acquire knowledge when you are sleeping. You don't acquire knowledge on the surface. That's not the truth. That's why I say when it has to do with our For instance, most of the things that was said last week, I was saying most of us, most of us, you see, because <laughs> for those things to seek, for those things to really, for we to digest those things, that is a... There is, a, there, is a, there is a price, there is a discipline that we need to hear that thing again and again and again and again and again and again and again until that word began to sink. Not hearing it as information you hear, but when that word begin to speak to you personally. Do you understand? When you begin to you know, interact with that, and I can tell you, those things are not things that will just happen like that. Do you understand? Those things are not things that... That's why we grow in understanding. We grow in knowledge. They are not things that will just jump on you like that. You know, it's a treasure. So it will not just be given to you like that. You have to seek for it. You have to look for it. You have to be passionate about it. It didn't have to consume your desire. 
He has to take over your desire. He has to take over what you are looking for. If you can't find it, you can't find gold on the surface. And you can't find God on the surface. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. So our attitude of just come to receive the word and, um, you know, just after you've received the word, for instance, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and so what are the things that you are doing? That's why it's very important for which you understand this. You know, you place priority on the things that are important to you. Abby? Eh? Eh? Abby? Things that are important to you. You place priority on them. Now, you know, it's it, it just like, it just like maybe either you are working, maybe as a married man, as a married woman, you know, yes, there are things you do, you have activity you have to carry out, there are some logistics you have to do and all of that. Now, you are aware of that, but, you know, you know, you, because of a priority and because of your understanding, you will not allow those things to ride over the most important thing you're supposed to do. Despite those things are important. Do you get what I'm saying? Despite those things are important, but you will not allow it to overrule or to override the most important thing in your life. Do you understand? You will not allow. So you can never give, you can never give excuses around those things. You can't. You can't give excuses around those things. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You can't give excuses around those things at all. You can't give excuses around it. Because there are things, because you know in the natural, you know things that are important to you. Nobody, nobody preaches to you now. Nobody tells you. Things that you know, for instance, that you want to do something, you want to do a particular business, it will give you money. With Joshua, I need to come and tell you, Broshegun, Broshegun, we need to wake up early morning. You don't need to wake up early morning. There is a program on inside of your body, inside your soul, by the virtue of the gain, the profit, you have already programmed in your mindset. So naturally, by the virtue of that program, naturally, you are going to define anything, either weakness or whatever thing you are going to call it. Why? Because of the gain. Do you understand? Because of the gain. Praise God. Because of the gain. Are you getting what I'm saying? I think Pastor Fanny is around. So, um, I think it's like, are we... Um, in the scripture I want to share, I will leave it. I will call, I would like Francis to continue. Uh, maybe, um, don't worry, it's not going to, it won't take your time. As he, he will, I think we saw just, uh, but what, um, what I'm trying to say is that um, I'm, I'm equally, I'm guilty of it, so I'm not just talking to, I've seen that, I've seen the way we I've seen the way we treat spiritual things, and it's very, very wrong. Like I said, we don't understand the consequence of those things. I'm telling you. You don't, we don't understand. See, you must, uh, you, 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 you must understand that, you must understand that,
there is a weapon that God has given us. And that weapon that God has given us, God is confident about that weapon. Every man that ever walked with God, that's what they use. God is confident about that weapon. Meaning that that weapon can even take that man to hell. That thing will work. He cannot fail because that weapon is of God. That's why he said that our weapon of our warfare, the way they defined it is that is of God. He can walk anywhere. So it's not something, it's not something that, okay, let, let's try it. And I do know. It works, it can walk everywhere, anywhere. Do you understand? Do you understand? It can walk anywhere, everywhere. So, you know, just like what Francis was saying last week, no matter what is happening on the earth, no matter the situation you are going to, no matter what darkness is going to throw at you, God is confident of that weapon. God knows by the reason of that weapon, darkness is not meant to hurt you. It's not permitted. When that weapon, that's what the scripture meant by the light shine in darkness and darkness can't comprehend it. Men, children of God, we are in that time. You know, the Bible talks about the evil day. Eh? We are in that time. When, you know, like I, I used to say, sometimes our understanding is that we want God... Um, that's why we need understanding of the scriptures. We always want God to, maybe God will, uh, do you think that, do you think, is, the, where, we, where, where the earth is right now, do you think that if, if it is something that God himself is the one fully in charge of the earth, the earth will not be here today, but God has given it to sons of men. So when the sons of men is sleeping, darkness will take over. When light is not there, what is that? Darkness will be parading himself. And anytime light shows, Pastor Francis. What I'm just saying is our, our attitude. I want to give everyone of us that assignment. See that message last week. Go and listen to that message. Because, see, most of the things that we'll be saying, or most of the things that France is going to be saying, and sometimes cannot fully benefit us if we don't understand where it's coming from. It's very, very important. We have to learn that discipline. Very, very important. We have to learn that. We have to learn. We have to, you know, that's one thing that what our priority needs to change. Our mindset needs to change. Like I, told, I said before, understand that there is no anything in this world. That is the purpose why God created the world is for himself, nothing else. It's a place to discover him. Every other thing we are doing is just a second. The reason for the earth. Somebody brought another civilization. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Uche. I was really hoping that you would <laughs> take it. <laughs> Hallelujah. University Samson, so sorry. Um, just an exhausting week. Hallelujah. We thank God. Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? And we just quickly present ourselves to the Lord and our nation to the Lord Jesus. Rekende de 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 de
de Krushan de de Baranda de Bosa, Embrodo Baconda de de Keston de de Berekesion de Deba, Rankanda de de Baracosh, Tanda de Barrenda de Keberesto, Embrebeca de de Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your plan for Nigeria, for your plan for us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the collision of all of these agendas, Lord Jesus, in the fulfillment of your will in our lives, in our nation, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that copyright? No, it goes into the microphone. Hallelujah. Okay. All right, we're good. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's been blessed. Thanks so much, Masuche. Really grateful. Hallelujah. Um, understanding, I feel like um, in our Christian walk, there are some things that once they dawn on us, they automatically produce conviction to do things, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Like, for example, um, when you see, when there's, let's, say this, let's say a building was burning, right? And then you're telling someone, the place is on fire, run out quickly. If the person is not responding the way they ought to, you can tell it's because they're still sleepy, right? It's not because the person is stubborn or something like that. It's because the person is not awake somehow. Hallelujah. One of the things that sin does, you know, we spoke about the different kinds of soil. Hallelujah. As the, you know, as a consequence of the encroachment of sin on the heart, it produces dullness, spiritual dullness. Hallelujah. So when it comes to responding to God's word, there was a way that Adam and Eve would have instinctively responded to God's voice whenever he would speak. It wasn't because, it wasn't just because it is God that is speaking. There's a way natural things ought to function, if that makes sense, by instinct, by virtue of you, one plus one will always equal two. So because of that, whenever God saw anomalies, you see God asking questions. And it wasn't God asking questions. It's like a, like you see in the book of Genesis chapter three, when God asked them, who told you you were naked? God saw everything that's happened now, right? I would say that God sees our thoughts are far off. In fact, according to the scriptures, before the foundations of the world, <laughs> Jesus Christ had already been crucified, right? So God is not asking anyone questions for information. It's just a lamentation that he's giving expression to, right? The grief in his heart. Like, who told you you were naked? Does that make sense? God is not asking him for any, any questions. Amen? And it's in that place he's you're seeing God um, experience the moment. You know, God doesn't experience things in time the way we, we do. God is in, God has experienced, you know, there's an encounter I had in 2017. I knew that when Jesus Christ was called Alpha and Omega, it's not a joke. <laughs> Hallelujah. In this experience, I can't remember what we're praying for. We're praying for, it was going to be praying for immersion, yes. But then we said, I think, yeah, we're praying for immersion. That was my first time doing, I think, three days or something. <laughs> and so at the end, you know when you just just want to finish and just leave the place? I want to break your fast or something. So shut up. And out of nowhere, this little flash of light hits me. And then I had this experience what I refer to as the different ages. Amen? And something I saw was that I saw Jesus when he came into, so basically I saw like a, a timeline of Jesus' development from when he was an infant all the way to him becoming the full, like full-blown Messiah. How many know that Jesus Christ, when he was on the earth walking around, he wasn't really the Messiah yet? Amen? Is everyone listening? He hadn't fully come into his Messiah. In fact, 
the his Messiah estate was progressively delivered to him as he matured. What the word Messiah means or Christ means is the word Messiah or Mashiach means anointing or anointed. How many of you know that? Messiah means anointed one, right? Or the anointing. And the language there is as a consequence of collision. That is, let's say I run into a bakery now, right? When I run into a bakery, the air molecules in that bakery is coated with what? The smell of bread, right? Once I run into that space, I can't run out of there and come out smelling like I just use cologne. Even if I use cologne, that thing will rub off on me. Does that make sense? Now, there is an intensity of collision that qualifies someone as Messiah, as the anointed one. And the earmark of that, um, there's different earmarks all throughout scriptures, but the main one is the resurrection from the dead, right? You see John the, ba John the Baptist, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And he said, And I bore witness that this one is the Son of God. As this is the one that can bring forth that image and likeness of God. Hallelujah. You come into that by some kind of collision with God. Does that make sense? And you see in the gospel story, you see Jesus having progressive collisions with God, right? Remember John the Baptist when he told him, uh, we must do these things to fulfill all righteousness. When all righteousness was fulfilled, what happened? Heaven was torn open and a deposit of his messianess was dropped on him, if that makes sense, right? The anointing was immeasurable that was dropped on him. Then you go to like Mount Transfiguration, what happened? Hallelujah. Another measure was dropped on him, right? And progressively, you keep on seeing God giving vocal declaration, identifying that this is my beloved son, this is the Messiah, this is the Christ, da, 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 da. but the climax, the final one, the climactic one, no one heard of that one in the natural. How many of you know that? There was no announcement anywhere. All the other ones, thunder, lightning, I mean like epic scenery, right? But when the actual <laughs> declaration that this is the son of God, no one heard it, except for David, right? The Lord said to my Lord, right? So <laughs> my right hand, so my making his footstool. And then, um, thy throne, O God, is forever, right? This day have I begotten you, Psalms chapter 2. Those declarations, all of them, if you check um, the book of Hebrews, you see that Paul understood that all the references to Christ in the Old Testament were all that, that specific day of resurrection. That was the, hallelujah, all of the, whatchamacallit, all of the declarations about who Christ is. Yes, we're all put together, yes. And so in an effort to, all the prophets, they you know, saw Kai, who is this Messiah? And you see one person, one excerpt, another person excerpt. Hallelujah. Eventually, he came into that estate of the Messiah. Now, I'm saying all these things because in that vision, what I saw was that progression. Then when he now hits that place of the Messiah, I saw some kind of estate that he came into. Hallelujah. And it was this estate where he came into the fullness of God. Now, the problem is that understanding not by expression but by his substance or his essence does that make sense i mean by expression because god cannot be manifested in creation through one person how many of you know that in an effort don't get me wrong it is through jesus that the rest of the body will be expressed right because he's the head once the head was secured the head began to produce all the other parts right once he was resurrected the day of pentecost was what how many days away 50 days away right then what now happened? All the other members of the body began to be built. And since that time, even the head is giving gifts to men, right? Guess what I'm saying? So it's from him. It's for him, from him, everything, whatever. But by himself, he's not. it has been designed by God. And that's actually God's nature and his form. Basically, God's form is very difficult to give expression to without a community. Does that make sense? 
And what I saw was that that estate of God's multiplicity, God's omnipresence, omniscience, is not limited to just um, God being everywhere at the same time. God is also in every time <laughs> at the same place. Does that make sense? There is no place where God is not present. Hallelujah. So if you go into the future, he is there. Go into the past, he's there. My point just being that God's existences. I like that phrase, I am, right? I am that I am. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus Christ came into this estate. That's what's crazy. Somehow, is anyone listening? It's incredible. Somehow a human being came into this estate of having a presence scattered irrespective of the age. Remember that verse in Ephesians chapter 1? They've exalted him, right? Far above all principalities and powers, right? The Bible says that not only in this age, but in the age to come. And it's not because in the future there will not be anyone higher. He is present in those ages, ruling there right now. Who knows what I'm saying? So to us, we're experiencing the trail, almost like the shadow of Jesus Christ, if that makes sense, or following in his footsteps. And he has the presence that is right now. I don't want to say right now. Even the concept of now, right? We understand it through time, right? Hallelujah. When you put all these things together and you discover that even spirits, they don't have this ability I'm describing now. The devil doesn't have a presence in all places in time. He's limited. So you can tell why it is ridiculous that Jesus and Satan can be fighting. Who knows what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense, right? Hallelujah. The fight is us. We that we have not yet come into that estate yet. Is everyone listening? Even the warfare against Satan. It's not warfare against Satan per se. It is warfare to get into your true estate in Christ Jesus. Because when you enter that estate, the fight is over. Who knows what I'm saying? There is no fighting. All you have to do, in fact, to be honest with you, even his appearance, if you check, hallelujah, we'll open a few verses of scripture, but there's some key things that ought to explain, like there's a theory that Jesus Christ is not going to appear physically on the earth. Amen? You know, in a, in a place of discovering some of these um, things in the scriptures and uncovering what can be referred to as like mysteries of the end of the age and all these things or whatever, you have to be very careful that you balance scripture properly. Otherwise, you end up with some very wonky conclusions. Amen? What God uses to help is that if you are humble or you don't think you're a big... You know, there's a way you can think. Maybe, maybe you're breaking some things in God. You not think that you're something. Hallelujah. What God used to help you is that you need to understand something now. This thing is scattered among every member of the body. That's the truth. There's one person that has the full counsel of God. So even as you're discovering things in God, that is your own portion that you are discovering. That's, that's all. What you with wisdom should now do is you meet your brother and your sister in Christ, fellowship, interact, listen when they are talking, and collect from them. Then you also share. Because in the place of sharing, you discover things that you don't even know. Who knows what I'm saying? You'll be saying some things and then something will come out. Who remembers when my mom was speaking last week? Mama shared some things and I said that to me that is talking, that is preaching. I now understand what I am saying. <laughs> so people listening. Amen. It's to help you, it's honestly to help in your Christian walk because there's no need for pride or thinking you are anything or believing that you're anything. Even Jesus himself, Jesus had to be breastfed. Someone had to push Jesus through her birth can canal. If you think about how insane that is, Almighty God chose to come in a form where he was dependent on other people. That's Almighty God. 
the one that gave us the platform of reality to experience time. Who are you then? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If Jesus Christ needed Anna to be in the temple praying, if he needed Simeon to be interceding, to identify him, if he needed John the Baptist to fulfill all righteousness. Is everyone listening? I'm saying all these things also for context as well because the way you actually learn things in the Lord is actually by understanding, value what God is giving to you, but value your brothers and your sisters as well. And listen very, very closely. Hallelujah. So when, you know, people, they have this conclusion that, um, and also at the same time, look for errors as well, right? doesn't mean just everything everyone says. You also check scripture. The one that is complete is scripture, right? The volume of the books. So you check what brother brother is saying. If it helps you understand, there's a verse that says, um, if anyone speaks, not according to this light. It's not according to this prophecy because there's no light in them. So when a person not speaking by the light of the spirit of God, it won't fit in with the rest of this thing, right? So you just check. Don't be afraid. Even things that you yourself received, you also check. Am I speaking according to the light of God's word? And examine. Hallelujah. So there's this belief system that Jesus Christ is not going to appear physically, that will end the age and that will be the end. And that's just not true. Amen. Jesus Christ is going to appear here physically. Our ancestors will appear physically. There's spiritual laws that dictate that the wicked should be cut off from the earth and transgressors should be uprooted. That's not what I'm saying. And those spiritual laws, you're going to find that the earth has not been able to obey those laws because humanity has enforced corruption on the earth. Does that make sense? The earth will actually assist in the enforcement of God's laws if she's allowed to. But because humanity has bent her, instructed her to do contrarywise, you see wicked people walking around and nothing is happening to them. What should happen is that when you disobey God, you commit some offense, amen? something unusual is beginning to happen around you. And to be very obvious that you need to repent. It's not because God is punishing you. Who knows what I'm saying? In your physical body, if you take something that is poisonous or dangerous and your body just continues to function like normal, that is not how the body functions, right? What happens? All your body systems begin to what? Investigate. What's wrong? This thing that came in here doesn't belong here. It is inconsistent with what? Our constitution. And everything in the body begins to fight that thing, right? That's how your nervous system, your immune system works. Hallelujah. That's how creation works. When Satan or any of his courts or anything like that is doing any operation, it's not that God will say, Angel Michael, go and fight him. Hallelujah. What happens actually is that what? The elements, right? Will begin to fight anyone that is introduced anything contrary to God's vision. Hallelujah. So, um, trying to make sure I'm staying on course here with <laughs> what I was saying before. Yes, 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 yes. When Jesus Christ manifests, <clears throat> all those sons of God, people like Ezekiel, Daniel, amen? Abel, amen, that was killed. All of them will be here in the flesh, along with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, there is a specific sign of that appearance. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is going to destroy the Antichrist with the brightness of his appearance. The first thing that will happen at the rapture is that what will happen? Satan's um, son, Satan's anointed one, will be went to enter the fight immediately. We're just gonna look at that real quick. Give me, um, sir, this is something. Microphone. Oh, because of online.
Sorry, sorry. <laughs> because of online online audience. So what you're teaching last week, you talked about how that um, is the appearance of Christ in us that will actually bring an end to this age. Yes, yes. And that is not out of point uh, because it is the appearance of the life of God that we're carrying because Christ in us right is the hope of glory. So if Christ is us, is the glory, that means what Peter talked about in first Peter, he said that this life will be revealed. That's right, that's right, that's right. So if this life is not revealed, we can't bring Christ and the saints. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. Because that's right. if you say Christ will come with uh, like um, what um, Enoch prophesied in the book of Jude. Enoch prophesied around that said uh, Christ will come with 10,000 of his saints. And they have a mission where they are coming. They are not coming to condemn the earth. They are coming to bring conviction on the earth. Because look, God is saying in treasure in a saving man. Even, even at that state, you understand, even that some of us has been able to come into the fullness of Christ. But the coming of the Lord with his saints, right, is to still bring conviction. Check Jude. It's to bring, it's not to judge them more. It's not to send them to hell. It's to bring conviction. Until when, he, when men in Revelation chapter 11, when men refuse to Respond to response to God. Do you understand? When you get to Revelation chapter 20 equally, yes, yes. when they when they after I has bind Satan for one thousand years, I am not leaving that men rest, men um, uh, rebel against the will of God. I just that that was when you know they've chosen their path, they've been sealed for destruction, not God. So and I like what you just said now again, that what will judge the Antichrist is the brightness of his coming. Is the brightness of his coming. That is what will judge him. Wow. Are you getting? Are you? Are you seeing that? Yes. So I want us to so that when we when we are saying this side, do you understand? Yes. We don't leave off the side because what will bring about this side? Right. What will bring it? What? See, then yeah, they are waiting for you right. to conform. That's right. That's right. That's what they are waiting. Because right. if in that in their team they, they got all this and this now right. you right. now have been privileged to have That's this time now. Right. But in their time they did not come with all that Christ is. They came into the measure. But what they're waiting, what, what waiting for now is, is the fullness of that life right. that will bring the arrival of the Lord on the earth right. to be able to put things in their perspective. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, Thank you so much. That I was think, powerful. Um, when you are, at the time we were, you were talking about that, um, um, we are talking about Jesus Christ coming on the earth again. One of the things I was looking at again is based on what you were talking about you talk about there is a measurement. Mm, yes. You understand upon that we judge certain um, darkness. Yes, yes. Do you understand? Yes, yes. We were talking about measurement and the stature and all of those yes. things last week. Then now, other thing I was looking at is that because um, they also you know that Hebrew twelve, their weaknesses right. were already raised and all of that. So uh, one of the things I was saying, what you were saying, one of the things I was looking at is when James said that. There is a precious fruit of the earth, which is actually the fullness of life that God is waiting for. So uh, the way I'm looking at it is, as John Lawopal Sam said, is that for Jesus to come physically, there is a requirement. And that requirement is that 
that thing he came to represent, which is the son, that's right. God will have duplicated that's in right. men. That's right. that's Do you understand? And so, so as we're saying that, uh, if not so, like Jesus will have come. They said they are willing to come, but there is a like a race. We are running the race. They've run their part. They are waiting for us. So whereby we can be able to finish. Uh, so I believe that that 1,000 years, the people that is going to reign will be after the Jesus' order. Do you understand? The sons, the sons of God that are willing to reign that period of time. We are going to reign with him on the earth. Like I talk about the wickedness. Wicked is going, wickedness is going to be judged. On there. Like the reason you saw um, you were talking about um, the vision you saw about the tree of life. Right, right. That when you're asking God that the age will end, you just God present the tree of life and all of that. So Well, well, well. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hmm. Wow. I actually want to go out and read this thing again. You know, when he said that about Enoch, that really came to me again. Right, right. To convince all that are ungodly among them. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's Notes. Right. And one of the things one of the things you know that there are people who are fellowshipping with God. There are people are joining that people right. are listening to you. Look, oh, this one do not he doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> I see that. So that's why you see a lot of times when I'm teaching God, so I don't I don't come as authority. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's I just say like this is my own understanding, which right. is which you do today now. This right. is my own understanding. I may not know it all, but this right. is the aspect I know. That's the aspects right. you know. That's right. Can we get that's it so right. I can Compare notes. Yes, yes. Like you are using that. When we compare our notes, then I'll be better. That's be right. Better. That's right. Because that's they, right. They, all, all we are knowing mm. is to make us conform. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because if I'm not conforming, mm. if it's for, uh, uh, no, let's say this world will remain. <laughs> Darkness will continue to prosper, to not go anywhere. That's, right. and that, that's exactly what happened. Because if it's for show of knowledge, right. we won't end this age. That's right. That's right. You know, so I want to tell you, uh, uh, as far as saying that. Uh, Pastor do you know who is talking? Hey, he's Francis, Francis Junior. I went to Bible school, man. Hallelujah. We'll just read that verse of scripture again. Um, Jude chapter 1. Can you turn on this AC? Jude chapter 1 from verse... Yeah, that's sweat. Jude 1 from verse 14. Such a beautiful picture of the kindness of God, right? Kai. Jude 1 from verse 14. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Hallelujah. You know, this is so cool. You know why? If you, if you hold this thought here of convince, 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 like you see God wants to, to show you, to put, let you see something, okay? Let's jump real quick now to Revelations chapter 15. So you see, God's desire is still for the heart. It's still that pursuit of the human heart since the beginning. Hallelujah. Go to Revelations chapter 15. We'll start from verse 3, the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb says here, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, 
O King of the Saints. That's an incorrect translation. That's actually King of the World. I don't know why King James translates some things incorrectly. I only knew this because I studied um, other translations and I discovered that, wait, why is he saying world? If you look at the original Hebrew, the original Greek, sorry, you see it as saints. I don't know why it says that. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? Now, there's a reason why they're asking that question. As in, they're saying, everyone should be worshiping you. You know the reason why? For you alone are holy. Now, they're saying now that somehow God has not been made holy. Not that God was not holy before. Does that make sense? But some things have happened now where God is known to be holy. Does that make sense? For all nations shall come and worship before you. Next page. For your judgments have been manifested. This is the... That's right. Yes, the Jude, yes. That's convincing of the Lord. It is now clear. God's intentions are being seen. I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm not trying to kill anyone. This is how things should be done. See the mercy of God. You know what the Bible says in the book of First Peter chapter 3? Jesus Christ went to spirits in prison to go and preach himself. You see the long-suffering of God. I feel like if we see the nature of God, you will be very shocked the kind of person that he is. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, God is a wonderful person, but the truth is that being that wonderful is painful <laughs> when you're not interested in living his life. I know what I'm saying because if you, if you look at the picture, so you know, I mean, that marriage is a picture of, of the Godhead. In the picture of marriage now, how many know that it doesn't matter who is right when two people are arguing? What matters is peace. You can be 100% correct, but if you do not want peace, you are going to suffer. How many of you know that? You won't see God in that place. So all that God wants is what? Healing. Restoration. God is even willing to what? Forgive our sins. Is anyone listening? Wipe everything clean at his own expense so that healing. Is anyone seen this? And the Bible says that God works all things after the counsel of his will. So you see this incredible wisdom of God driving towards this purpose. And God is not, you can see God's commitment when it cost him. It's not English. God's not talking. He actually gave himself to see this thing come to pass. Who knows what I'm saying? So when the Bible says his judgments have been made manifested. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's beautiful. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Wow, wow. That's awesome. Hmm. Are we seeing the picture of the pursuit of the heart? From Genesis all the way to the book of Revelations. The sower has been looking for that precious fruit of the earth, the Pasuche said, right? Looking for that harvest from the heart. Looking for the earth to yield its strength. Hallelujah. Despite all the years of turmoil, all the years, all the millennia of decadence and encroachment. Hallelujah. In fact, this, this whole thing about the turmoil, the encroachment, is actually where you see, like what Pazuche was saying early on, God's power most clearly manifested. Because God knows... God is not afraid of sin. How many of you know that? God is not afraid of even our... You have to be very careful with this, amen? Hear me out correctly. Hallelujah. God is not afraid of our stubbornness, amen? Of our unwillingness to respond to him. Amen? He is more than confident. Hallelujah. In the power of his word. 
these weapons of our warfare. God is so, if you check, I mean, we've read that before, right? That's what you referenced it earlier on. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty, powerful, effective. So after all the millennia of Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, and the kingdom of the Antichrist, the same thing from Genesis chapter 1, right? From Genesis chapter 2, sorry. Is what, it's so, let that be like, same God was speaking, right? The same God's word is still the same thing that would deal with all of humanity's problems. Honestly speaking, each of these stages of encroachments of darkness in the heart, it's still God's word that would deal with every single one of them. Hallelujah. So you see from that place of decadence of the wayside heart to the stony heart, to the thorns and the thistles, to the good heart, it's still the same what? God's word. Hallelujah. We're going to run through some scriptures. Hallelujah. So we can look at God's word being brought to each of these different kinds of hearts, right? And what, you know, again, we explained before that it's not like they're different hearts. It's the medical encroachments of darkness, right? But looking at visually using scriptures, because what happens in the scriptures is that when God introduces a theme with an image, when God wants, when you see that image showing up somewhere else, many times talking about the same thing. So for example, um, let me find a good example. Okay, let me not. Let me give a good example. I'm going to go with the, the stony heart. Amen? That stony heart now, that hard heart, right? The rocky ground. Hallelujah. You see all throughout the scripture things like what? Break up the fallow ground. Have you ever seen that before? Break up the fallow ground, right? What they're making reference to is what? That stony heart, unwilling to receive God's word. There is a treatment for that thing. That is called what? Breaking up the fallow ground. They're not telling that you should go and get new farming instruments. It's still the same God's word. But there's a way that it's applied, amen, to the heart. That what? Changes that heart. Pushes back the encroachment of darkness on the heart. So it's no longer hard. Hallelujah. And you see this throughout scriptures. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, give me very quickly... um, We'll go over the different, um, what should we call it? The different um, kinds of hearts. Again, Matthew 13. We'll try not to spend too much time. <laughs> I think I only have like 10 minutes left, yeah. Matthew 13, from verse 18. Hear ye the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it, the wicked one comes and snatches it away. Snatches away that sown in his heart. This is seed which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word and with joy receives it, but he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, but then tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. By and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns, he that hears the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Hallelujah. So you're seeing again these different progressions. Hallelujah. We're going to start with the extreme. Just keep it. The reason why I'm showing these progressions is because what you're looking at is darkness consuming the heart, consuming the soul. The place where the heart is wayside is because there is so much darkness, the heart is no longer just hard. 
there are now agencies of that infiltration protecting the heart. Does that make sense? As in the heart has been giving so much. We can, I can show this to us in the scriptures, how this works on God's side of things. If you look at the scripture, let's look here real quick. Um, let's go to verse Matthew 13. Still 13, Matthew 13, but from 31. Amen? You're going to see God's own kind of wayside heart. How many of us God, God has his own wayside heart? God has his own stony ground, his own thorns and thistles, where the cares of the life of God make you stay away. You know that in your Christian walk, you might want to do something that is bad. Satan might be tempting you, but what? The cares of the life of God, hey, no, will keep you away. And you find it choking Satan's word. Sorry? Just mirroring it, exactly. And there's some things, there's a way that you can get even deeper into God, that what will happen. When Satan's life is sown inside, you might even find some pleasure for a second, but it doesn't endure. It doesn't endure. Once you have some things in God happen in your life, what happens? It withers away and dies. Now, there is an extreme of God's life in you where what happens? As Satan's life is coming this way, what happened? A bird will do what? Get out. Is everyone listening? That is what we read. We read this last week in um, talking about biology and human DNA and how this, that, that YouTube video that explained that the human DNA is this set of complex, instru complex instructions that demands that you have resemblance to your parents, that you have some kind of, not resemblance, you have literally things that when your parents are inside of you. The, they're called, the, you know, um, they call it the alpha, they call it um, in biologists, according to that video I watched or whatever, they're using different um, languages to make it simple, that there's specific proteins. I mean, like your body is made up of proteins, right? It's a physical body. You have like all your muscle fibers, it's all protein, right? You have fat, yes, but you're not really the fat. It is your muscle fibers, right? Your bones, even keratin, these are your, your nails. That's protein as well. Your hair, protein as well, right? All of these things were synthesized by your cells. Your cells produce all of these things. And the rest of your body is those cells that are producing all of these things as well. Amen? Oh, yeah, thank you, yes. What happens is that the DNA, hallelujah, has records from your ancestors. And it's a set of very strict instructions about the kind of person, at least as far as biology is concerned, your physical appearance is concerned, the kind of person you should manifest. Does that make sense? So when, you're a, when your, your, your daddy's sperm or your, um, fertilize your, your mother's um, seed, over. The DNA was formed right there after that, that union took place. From that point onwards, every single cell was looking very carefully at your DNA to check the kind of proteins that will be morphing. So as you're growing, you're not just growing, you know when you look at those things in a microscope or you watch those, who's ever seen those videos before where you see the person growing? It's not just happening randomly. First of all, the kind of person, kind of, you're first of all a human being, right? As in, when someone is giving birth, the person in the womb is a human being, right? So you must not, it's not just, <laughs> it is so intense that it is not just that you will bring forth a human being or bring forth the race of human being that you have, right? Because what, black, white, right? Um, Asian, different ethnicities, right? But you must look like your daddy. Who knows what I'm saying? You must look like your mommy. When people hear you talk, they should be able to confuse you and your dad talking. There's a way that your mommy walks. That thing, is, it is written on this thing. Who knows what I'm saying? So because of that, your entire body is focused on that thing. <laughs> no, this one is not here. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong here. 
Hallelujah. That is what you see in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, when the Bible says that the city of God, which we are, right? The Bible says, Jesus Christ said what? You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, right? The Bible says, nothing shall by any means enter the city of God, except the things that are written where? In the book of life. So in that book of life, of God's life, literally, the, they explain that proteins is like your way of spelling. They say that amino, amino acids are like letters. Proteins are like words. Then sentences are like pathways. They're called pathways of life. That's literally what they're called in biology. When I heard that, I said, this is, a, this is, this is God talking now. <laughs> Why would you, you, you? Someone's pathways of life, right, is found where? In your DNA. So the kind, of, the kind of life you should live is what? Written in your, your genes. You inherited the kind of life you're meant to live, right? I mean, doesn't that make you want to just pray? <laughs> like right now, you already feel like taking the Bible and just <laughs> jacking this thing. As in, this is who I am. This is who God made me. Is everyone listening? As in taking your inheritance according to the scriptures and transversing, interacting intentionally, right? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That overflow of the life of God in the heart, agencies of that life, they come to enforce what is written concerning you. We're going to look at that. Matthew 13 from verse 31. We're going to look at the wayside heart of God. Amen. Matthew 13, verse 31. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seed. Remember Jesus Christ said that if you have faith, like a mustard seed, right? What is faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing God's word, right? So it's talking about God's word in your heart, right? Hallelujah. So, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, if that thing enters your heart, the Bible says that what? It is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. It's actually a tree of life. Amen? So that, what? The birds of the air come and nest in its branches. What are these birds of the air? Angels of God. Remember Jesus Christ. So when Jesus was talking, I'm talking to Nathaniel, he told him something. You marvel because I'm telling you that I saw you by the fig tree. I tell you the truth. You will see the heavens open and what? Angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. As in, I am the tree of life. God's word has, has grown inside of me. So he was telling him that you have no idea what you're about to bear witness to. If a word of knowledge is blowing your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the wayside heart of God. What does that mean? When Satan is talking, a bird will come to steal the seed of Satan and throw it away. I mean, Jesus Christ will be tempted. If you check the scripture, the Bible is very clear that the devil took him to different places, right? You know when you're taken on temptation, you're not even conscious of what's happening for a short period of time. Then you kind of catch yourself. Enemy will try and take him. So as the seed is coming, what would happen? An angel will slap it away. Slap it away. And that's slapping away. It's not just slapping away. It is God's word, right? The overflow of God's word in the heart that energizes these angels, right? Remember that verse in Psalm 133, 103? Bless you the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, right? That do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Remember that? Hallelujah. 
That's because of an entrenchment of God's word in the heart. Be if you check the tabernacle, right? Where do you see the angels surround? It is the Ark of the Covenant, right? Where the testimony, God's word is found. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you see that when you play this thing backwards, you now go the opposite way now. You can now see the wayside heart as what? Satan's life has been what? Fruitful inside of someone's heart, right? You're seeing what? An overflow of wickedness. Is everyone listening? Now, in that same estate, God still has solution. Is everyone listening? We'll look at, we'll look at two stories in the Bible, amen? Go to the book of James. We'll look at two passages from Scripture. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. From verse 21. Let's start from verse 19. James 1 from verse 19. We'll look at this. We're, just, we're only going to look at the wayside hearts for today, amen? Simply because of time. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear. What does that mean? You're, you're earnest in receiving God's word, right? Why are they saying this? We'll find out in a second why, amen? Because when, what the Bible refers to as speaking here is not talking with your physical mouth alone. Yes, don't be a talkative, right? But that's not, that's not the scope of what James is talking about here, amen? If you check the book of James, you see that James is primarily concerned with cleansing your heart, you sinners, right? Purifying your minds, you, are, you, are, you wicked ones, right? You see all these things in James about... Um, let's he, let's the person that um, is being tempted not say I've been tempted by God. Basically, the book of James is about this narrative of make sure you allow God's word fulfill its work in your heart. Have you seen that narrative in the book of James? You will see things like um, um, draw near to God; He will draw near to you. Whoever decides to be a friend of this world makes himself an enemy of God. So you keep on seeing James saying, say, talking about almost like the interim process. You receive God's word. Don't be a hearer only, but what? Be a doer of God's word. So he's primarily concerned with going through the process. Remember where he says, blessed is that man who endures temptation. When he has finished, he will receive what? The crown of life. That's what the book of James is concerned with. It's primarily going through the process of allowing that seed of God penetrate the heart. That's the truth. The entire book of James is primarily concerned with this. That's why at the end, what do they come up with? The precious fruit of the earth. Be patient until the coming of the Lord, right? Because God himself is also patient for the precious fruits of the earth. So not just you that's being patient. God has also been patient with you. Hallelujah. So that's what, when he's talking about hearing, he's talking about faith, right? Coming into your heart, right? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by God's word, right? And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is he saying? When this process is taking place in your soul, what he's saying is that let it have its work. Does that make sense? Don't give expression to anything else except that thing that has been processed on the inside of you. That's the train of the book of James. This is actually a teaching on how to overcome addiction. How many of you know that? Yeah. Let's say you're dealing with a struggle in your life. What are, they, what are they telling you? Be sweet to hear. What does that mean? Go and immerse yourself in the scriptures. Slow to speak. Resist the devil. You know what I'm saying? Don't give ex that's that's slow to speak is not talking. It is giving expression to what is in your heart. Do not give expression to anything in your heart until it is God that has overwhelmed your soul. Does that make sense? So when you sense, ah, it's not God coming out, close your mouth. Does that make sense? But when you can tell it is God, then you speak, right? 
you give expressions to the nature of God, to the life of God. You keep on seeing him say things like, um, don't be unfair. If you see someone coming in with goodly clothing, someone else that's coming in, are you not judges of evil thoughts? Remember those verses? Hallelujah. Be swift to, eat, to hear, slow to speak, and what? Slow to wrath. Why? The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So what he's after is producing what? The righteousness of God. Does all this make sense? Therefore, because this is what we're, we're concerned with, therefore do what? Lay aside all filthiness and what? Overflow of wickedness. He's talking about that heart that is foaming with darkness. That you have allowed darkness to infiltrate. He calls this heart the rich man. Who's ever seen the book of James when he said, how all of you rich for your goods? Let's look at that scripture real quick. Let's go real quick to um, James chapter 1 from verse 9. James 1 from verse 9. Who's ever wanted before? Why is he that he's talking about money and in the book of James? Anyone ever thought about that before? That he's, I mean, it seems to make like a good lesson. If you study epistles, you know that the epistles have one thought they communicate it. So when you're reading epistles and you see a story that doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of the narrative, you can get confused. I, I used to get confused by this. That's why I'm asking if anyone else got confused. Because I know that every epistle has one objective. There's some epistles that are answering questions here and there, like Corinthians. But all epistles, they have one objective. One point they want to drop. Now, because they want to properly ex ex you know, explore, express, or exhaustively you know, detail that point, you find a lot of branches. Well, if you check, there are all these branches are following one theme and it's continuous throughout the entire epistle. So when you meet anything that seems to be contrary, it's actually an explanation that you're just not, you just don't understand maybe that idiom or how it fits in. Does that make sense? You see the book of James. After talking about from verse 18, stay, stay here, stay here. In verse 18, he was talking about a double-minded man being unstable in all of his ways, Right? He now says something, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. You think, okay, if you don't have money, you should be happy. Is that what he's saying? The answer is no, right? But the rich in his humiliation, and if you have money, you should not be sad. Is that what he's saying? No. The lowly brother is the one that is meek and lowly. Is everyone listening? The meek and lowly one. Hallelujah. We'll see what meekness means in a second, right? Then the Rich in his humiliation. The rich person is the one that has a lot of darkness. Is everyone listening? You have enjoyed the riches of this world. As in it is, it is there's an overflow of wickedness. Is everyone listening? Because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun arisen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man will fade away in his pursuits. This is the judgment of wickedness, right? The wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressor shall be what? Uprooted out of it. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. What is the... How is there any synergy between those two? It will make sense if you're thinking about money. But when you're seeing what? The abundance of darkness as wealth captured here, then poverty as in no, little to no darkness then you can now see why someone will endure temptation. Does that, does that make sense? The temptation there is that this world is trying to what? Throw itself at you, throw its wealth at you, right? Give you the goods of this world. But you are what? Enduring temptation in being a lowly brother. Lowly brother doesn't mean that when you see someone, you do like this, agree to them. Hallelujah. We're going to see what that means, what lowly brother means, amen? Let's go to verse... Um, 
James 1 from verse, wow. I did not notice how much time I'd gone. Jesus. Okay, I'll be ending right now. So sorry. Jesus, 6.04. Okay. Um, I wanted to end by 6. So I looked at the time just and I said, oh, dear Lord. Hallelujah. From verse 20, 21. James 1 from verse 21. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. This is the wealth. Lay aside all of your riches. Lay aside all of your wealth. And do what? Receive with meekness. This is the lowly brother. He's saying here there's a kind of heart that God's word can actually grow in. Labor for this kind of heart. Bible says, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. Then you that is wealthy, allow yourself to be humiliated. What does that mean? All of your wealth. It's painful. How many is painful? When you're enjoying this world, letting go of this world's goods. Don't think that it is just PlayStation and all these things. Some legitimate cares of life. Who knows what I'm saying? When you're fasting, is that not compounded humiliation? You're humbling yourself, right? Who knows what I'm saying? You're humbling yourself before the Lord. When you are letting go, let's say you don't want to touch, let's say you're addicted to TikTok. I won't touch TikTok for one day. There is a way you are, who knows what I'm saying? Something inside of you that finds pleasure in those things is suffering. But let's say you have been giving yourself to that kind of regiment over time. You have a meek heart. And what would you do? You will glory in such things. Does that make sense? You will find pleasure in those things. Does that make sense? So that's what he's pointing at here. Amen? Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And what? Receive with meekness the implanted. So notice the language of like a graft, engraft, the, the original, I think the King James, yes, yeah, says engrafted word of God, right? Hallelujah. That's a picture of what? Transplanting something. God wants to transplant his life inside of you. Is anyone listening? So with meekness, receive this implanted word of God, which is what? Able to save your souls. Hallelujah. What does the save your soul mean here in this context? It means remove all of that darkness. Is anyone listening? We'll look at one more example of this, a, a more practical picture of this. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. We're going to start from verse... Let's start from verse um, 5. This is a story about Abraham, amen? What happened was that Abraham had a lot of encounters with God, amen? I want to encourage you, study this man, amen? His walk with God is such a, a sweet thing somehow. You can see, if you check and look at the narrative of a man, the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God, right? So you can see, like read the dialogue and be enriched, by their interactions. What is what I'm saying? Allow your mind to dramatize or visualize what these interactions will have looked like. Amen? As those two friends are talking to each other. Okay. God brought him outside and said, look now towards heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. I think Sado explained that. When God did this, it wasn't that he brought him outside and looked, made him look up in the sky. Amen? God took him to heaven. Amen? And showed him angels of God and said what? So shall your descendants be. Hallelujah. There's many reasons why you can see that it's true. If you understand um, some other verses of scripture that would show you all of this, but we don't have time for that right now. Amen? The Bible says in verse 6, Abraham what? 
believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So what's happened? When God showed him all of these things, he, he believed the gospel that God preached to him, right? He believed the message. He received God's word. Amen? So that was really good, right? Now in verse 7, he said, then he said to him, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Next page. Now I personally believe, well, I, I, I personally believe that he wasn't talking to just the, about the fiscal real estate. That's the truth. Amen? I feel that this land was that plain that he saw. Amen? That his children will be like that. So when he saw the magnitude of everything, and God said, I want you to inherit this place, you know what he said? He said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So what's happening here? The heart cannot receive what God is saying. Can everyone see that? This is him trying to, but he's wondering, <laughs> it's so hard to believe. I want you to picture someone that is walking with God. He wants to follow God, but he's having difficulty in his interaction with God in this place here. Does that, does that, can you see that picture, that narrative? Hallelujah. And so he's asking the Lord, I'm having difficulty. I'm not able to receive this one. This is hard. I'm having difficulty believing this one. The other one, I was able to find grace to so labor into that and break into that. But this one, but you see the picture of not being, a, you can be before God, you're having difficulty with God, and then you and God can reason this thing out. Does that make sense? You bring that difficulty to God, and then God will bring, begin to do what? Bring, bring to you the way to actually break the fallow ground, right? Hallelujah. To, dis, to, to burn that, that, um, those, those thorns and, and, and briars. Hallelujah. And to drive away those evil birds. God said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Hallelujah. So God gave him specific things to help humble him. Is everyone listening? To help humiliate him, to take some riches away from him. Is everyone listening? Bring that your wealth. Let us burn it. Then when you burn that wealth, what will, ha what will happen? You'll be able to believe me. Is everyone listening? Can you see the rich man and the humiliation of the rich man and the exaltation of the lowly one. Can everyone see that? He brought all of these things to him and cut them in two, down the middle and placed each piece opposite each other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Now look at this. When the vultures came down on the carcasses, who are these vultures? The superfluity of wickedness in Abraham's heart. They were the ones that when God was talking to him, they were what? slapping God's words away. Is everyone listening? When he now wanted to, okay, God, let me actually, okay, Satan is wicked. <laughs> let us now remove the thing that is blocking us from hearing God. Those same birds of the air, what did they do? They came to fight him letting go of those things. Can you see the picture? I want to make sure everyone is able to understand. Is anyone having difficulty seeing this, this narrative I'm painting here? Is anyone having difficulty? You can, you can say, if you're having difficulty, you can raise your hand and say you don't understand what I'm saying. Does anyone understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Huh? Yes or no? You do? Okay, that's good. I want, to, I want to make sure, okay? Hallelujah. So what happened? He brought all of them, cut them all in pieces. Then the, when the vultures came down on the carcasses, the Bible says that what? Abraham drove them away. What was he doing? He was fighting the birds that were fighting God's word entering into his heart. Are you seeing the kind of heart postures necessary for dealing with what? 
the wayside heart. Who knows what I'm saying? When the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and behold, a horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said, that horror and great darkness was who? The God that he had difficulty understanding. Is everyone listening? When God was talking to him, he had difficulty understanding what God was saying. That difficulty was captured here as what? Darkness. That lack of understanding was captured as what? Dark. The God that he did not understand. Has anyone seen the picture? Now, what happened? That God that he didn't understand what? Fell on him. That is God. Plunged himself into Abraham's heart. Hallelujah. And then God now spoke to him, saying what? No certainty that your descendants will be strangers. And, da, 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 da. and God begins to give him graphic detail from here onwards. Hallelujah. Can anyone see the picture? This is a, this is a narrative on dealing with the wayside. I will explore this more next week. Amen. But I just wanted to do like a little introduction or whatever because of time. Amen. I'm way past the time. Hallelujah. Yes, next week. Good. Microphone. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Because of online audience. And what they're saying is that uh, from that James you read, you know, James is saying that um, and we should not be here alone, but be doer of the world. So from this uh, explanation from the book of Genesis 15, showing that God gave Abraham a word, and uh, though he heard it, but he, may not, he did not fully understand it. So and for him to do it, because that's why he was asking God, God, okay, how, these things you have said, how do I inherit it? How do I come into this thing? How do I come into these things? And I now said, take this, take this, take this, because these are things that are obstructing your inheriting what I am saying to you. Uh, because seeing from what you are saying that these things with our riches, with our superfluity of nothingness, that overflows our soul, you understand, will not make us to be able to, even though we've heard what God has said, but we're not being able to do it. So it's those things that, are, that embody the soul that God wants us, that, that, that they are our riches. They are our riches. That God wants us to, you know, let down like the... Do you remember what Jesus said? How hard it is for a rich man to, to get enter into the, the, kingdom, the kingdom. So you know, I said that when we drop that, you know, which is a three, uh, three years old, uh, three years old, uh, around three years old gold, three years old this, and you say, when you drop all those, which are our riches, when you yeah. drop it, because that's what, if that thing is, if you don't let it go, right. you understand, you can't be able to do what I'm saying to you. You can't come into all that, all of the pictures, the graphic pictures I'll be painting, you'll not be able to come into it. So for us to be able to do, do. what we have heard, to understand, there are things we must let go. If you don't let go of it, we can't do what we have heard. So the reason why we're not doing because is because we are not letting go of our riches. The thing that all of us are very rich, rich people. Oh, bless them. We're not rich of life. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We'll quickly look at um, James again one more time. That passage about the rich man and um, his humiliation. Amen? <laughs> James 1 from verse 9. And we use that to pray. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is kingdom of heaven, right? Hallelujah. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who hunger after that righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see the Beatitudes? It's all the kind of heart that is after God's word. Hallelujah. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. What does this mean? If you hit that state of lowliness, what's going to happen? Bible says, humble yourself under the hand of the Lord, and he will exalt you in good time, right? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. It's all throughout the scriptures. But it's not that when you see people, Kai, God is here, let's kneel down. Please kneel down when God is here, right? Please do all those things. But it is what? Bowing your head to God's word. And the Bible said that Moses was the meekest man that's ever lived. But let the rich man glory in his humiliation. That is you. Glory in your humiliation. As in, see what is happening. Because, it goes on to explain how your wealth will be blotted away. Hallelujah. With the rising of the sun, right? So the rich man will fade away in his pursuits. The best part is now the next one. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Who goes through the process of letting go. For when he has been approved, he will receive what? The crown of life. Next page. Which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. Can we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Hallelujah. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Hallelujah. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. I want us to just think in your mind. Different things, hallelujah, like Pastor Samson was saying. All of your assets, hallelujah, your account balance. <laughs> yeah. You know, right now, Zenith Bank, you, you want to have a bank, you want to have an account in Zenith Bank in the spirit, right? <laughs> Somehow, if you're in Zenith Bank in the spirit, you'll be a very humble guy. <laughs> hallelujah. So let's ask the Lord to move all our funds from, from Access Bank and GTV to where? <laughs> to send it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the instructions of your... I want us to see... I want us to see ourselves in dialogue with God. I want us to see ourselves as friends of God. Don't, don't get me wrong. You can't fake an, an intimate position, amen? But the truth is that if you draw near to God in a specific heart posture... He will draw near to you. I want you to see that relationship between God and Abraham. I love that. Those, I love pictures of seeing friends of God interacting with him. Especially when you can tell there's difficulty and then they break into some kind of grace or mercy in God. I want you to see that interaction. Abraham, Abraham, he tried. He said, oh God, this is so hard. Please help me. Help me in this place. God said, I know, what to, I know how to help you, my son. How am I going to help you? Go and kill this thing. Go and kill that one. Go on. There's things in your life that you feel in your heart as conviction. You need to drop this thing. That is God trying to help you inherit something in him. That's what I'm saying. Lay hold on what belongs to you. Hallelujah. So can we just begin to take stock? Before we start shifting banks, amen. Begin to take stock. What are those things that God is pointing at? What, what, what is your three-year-old heifer? Your three-year-old turtle dove? Thank you, Jesus. What, what, is your, what, what is that sacrifice? What are these riches that you have to let go of? 
Is it phone time? Some of us, is it our pride? This morning, I had a long meditation, just like meditation on, on what you call on just a, the right perspective, the perspective that God wants me to have moving forward. And I just saw that, man, if I, can't, I can't continue with a specific mindset. If I continue like this, the ways of God would be too hard for me. So I had to embrace a perspective shift. Glory in your humiliation, the Bible says. Paul said, all these things were made done to me. Right? For the excellency of the knowledge of God. So begin to take stock. What is God telling me to let go of? The Bible says, glory in your humiliation. It might take some practice to get there, but you want to glory, you want to find pleasure in it. You want to let go. And you want to see why. James said, as soon as the sun rises, the flowers will fade away. All those things are lies of the enemy. The truth is that in the face of the appearance of Christ, they mean nothing. They mean nothing. They really mean nothing. What is that excuse that is holding you back from giving all to Jesus? It's not a very strong excuse, and you know it. Hallelujah. Reason with God. Lord, I want, even if you're having difficulty obeying some instructions, talk to him. Lord, I, this one is not even entering me. Help me in this one. God will tell you, if you want to obey this one, do this one first. Stop this one first, then from there you cannot do this one. In my Christian walk, I remember when I started seeking the Lord. I will not play video games until noon. I did this for several weeks. After a while, I felt enough strength to push it to 1 p.m. Little by little, I kept on pushing it, pushing it, pushing it until video games were not a thing in my life again. They have no grip on me. I can't play a game with someone now for longer than 30 minutes. I will fall asleep. That is the truth. I will try. I will fall asleep. This summer, I tried watching a TV show. I tried. I fell asleep. I tried many times. Who knows what I'm saying? What? What's happened? Overflow. Oh, that's the overflow of righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things I was addicted to before. But after being swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, what's happened? You can see the righteousness of God manifesting, becoming tangible in your life. Hallelujah. Lord, we are glorying, Lord Jesus, in our humiliation. Humiliate us, Lord Jesus. As we afflict our souls, even in this season of praying for Nigeria, Lord Jesus, as we afflict our souls, Lord Jesus, even at this time, Lord God, we thank you for the crown of life that is headed for us. This crown of the life of God, where we get to demonstrate your life. I get to walk in forgiveness. I get to walk free from offense. I get to walk in selflessness, in love, Lord Jesus, in abandonment, where, where I go after nothing but you, in, 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 in clear focus, Lord Jesus, covenant, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to see that, that relationship and that place where finally that's God. That deep darkness where God was finally fell upon Abraham. Or like in, in Exodus 20, Moses entered the deep, thick, deep darkness where God was. They got into that place by sacrifice. By, everyone say sacrifice. Everyone say sacrifice. You have to sacrifice this age. 
You have to let go of this age to enter the age to come. There is no getting around it. Heavenly Father, we thank you because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Bringing down high things, Lord Jesus. They are effective. Tried and true, Lord Jesus. A local pastor says that no matter where you take, take the heart to, if I take it to hell, if you're keeping those laws of God there, you will see Jesus manifest in hell. That's literally what happened. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You are equipping us. Thank you, Jesus. You are teaching us. Thank you, Jesus. You are doing this because you want us, Lord God. You want us to be, to be. Manifestors of your life. Expressors of your life. You are the one that is doing this in us. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we say thank you. You're equipping us. You're teaching us. You're showing us. You're wooing us as well. You're showing us the beauty of this life. And you're giving us instructions. You're equipping us with wisdom. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for not leaving us alone, Lord God. How sad it would be, beloved, if you had these instructions. And you had no way to, to get any help. That was the way Abraham was. But Abraham spoke to his friend. He said, please help me. I need help. And the Lord told him what to do. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said, you're my friends if you do whatever I tell you. So when he tells you what to do, continue with that friendship. Hallelujah. Pursue that friendship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The table of the Lord is, is open. Hallelujah. Come and get your tokens. Hallelujah. Thank you for your body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blood. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're making us meek and lowly. You're making us like you. Lovers of people, lovers of God, haters of that which is evil. Thank you, Jesus. How many know the revival that happened in Asbury is now spreading? It's going to Texas A&M. It's going to um, this school also. To school. I like how Texas is where it landed. <laughs> Mama was like, after this election, I should quickly go to America, collect that thing, and bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back here. Hallelujah. I mean, that's what happens when, when um, during revivals. Who's ever, who's watched that video um, um, by Leslie Crandall? But boom. That for three days, they're under the power. Who's watched that? Anyone was around you? Yeah. Like, okay. So, uh, uh -huh. What happens? When revival breaks out, hallelujah, when you go to a place that haven't experienced it, the average believer is a fire hydrant. Amen? She was like, she never saw these men of God before. They weren't even men of God. They were members of the church. They just came to tell them about what God was doing. While talking about what God was doing, the girl received the prayer language that 
men of God have been praying for her to receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing on the earth. We thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. We thank you because you work all things according to the counsel of your will. We thank you for a new Nigeria. We call Nigeria blessed in the name of Jesus. We call our borders blessed in the name of Jesus. We say our future is blessed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus, for our future. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for our prophetic destiny. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for strength in the name of Jesus to do your will. Thank you for strength. I'm seeing like a vision of someone's skeleton. Like not skeleton, but like muscular system. Thank you for strength in the inner man, Lord God. Thank you for inward strength in the name of Jesus. Thank you for might in the name of Jesus. Thank you for might in Jesus' name. Thank you for strength in the name of Jesus. We say we are strong, Lord God, in executing your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you for mercy, Lord God. We receive strength in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to continue prayers. Hallelujah. It's online um, and on Zoom. Please join in when you can. I feel like um, all the slots are taken up already. That's the truth. Well, you can join in. Even my own slots. I'm fighting without the top of my slot. Okay, I'll get to there. Before it starts, shut up. The top starts praying. Today, she had mercy on me today. <laughs> last, last, um, yesterday. I, <laughs> she just quickly started. <laughs> No, they put, yeah, they put myself at the top there. Yeah. I was thinking that we would divide it half an hour. I'm sure I only got one hour. You know, last time I got so many hours in the beginning. This one too? Yeah, they, they, they spread it out now. One hour. Well, now I will. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Now I understand. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, you can follow us on, on WhatsApp and on Telegram. Thank you for joining us. Please join us as we pray for Nigeria. Amen. <laughs> Love you, Auntie Tope. <laughs> Bless your heart, Ma.